0: Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avelino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Prevet PauseCast. This episode is a special episode to finish off season three. We've taken little excerpts from all of our episodes to provide you with a fun Prevet PauseCast wrap-up. Enjoy! Well, I'm so glad to have three current veterinary students from the University of Florida here with me. We have a first year, a second year, and a third year. Like My friends and I joke kind of like, once you're done with the school day, it's like, all right, now our second shift is starting. So you have your day shift and your night shift. The analogy that a lot of the professors use is that it's like you're drinking from a fire hose. The doctors really allow you to... Um, be the doctor and formulate plans and treatments and making decisions whether and, and learning if those decisions are something that's, you know, the right one or the wrong one. I am so excited to have Dr. Jaron Jones with us today. He is our Director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, as well as our Learning and Organizational Development Specialist. Diversity is not... A melting pot. You usually hear that a lot where they say, you know, everybody gets in and makes this one, like, I don't even know... She spread no it, it is more like a fruit salad every piece oh, makes something delicious yes. but each has its own flavor and nutrition that it brings to the overall experience to the palate i am so happy to have a senior student with us today miss katie cardenas she is a fourth year at ufcvm truly like i want to be known as the veterinarian that um will treat like their pets as my own. Today I have two wonderful members of the UFCVM community, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves right now. My name is Camden Rubin, and I am a veterinary cardiology resident. And my name is Alex Fox Alvarez, and I am a soft tissue surgeon. I did some very similar things, just trying to get as much exposure to the field as possible. But did you do as much? I sure did not. Nor did I do it as diverse. I mean, he said he did some aquatic stuff, which I don't know if that's like strictly seahorses, like equine aquatic or what. It but is. A lot of Equatic. shoeing. A lot of seahorse yeah, shoeing. Horse, <laughs> sea shoeing, yeah. Today, my guest is Bryce Talsma, one of our second year students. You just form such an intimate connection with people when you have to sit down and you're not distracted by a cell phone or saying, oh, I'm busy doing this or I'm busy doing this. We had this intentional time together and we had chores together and we had small group time together and we garden together and you just you just form a really unique connection that i think is a lot harder to find today i'm with arizona spencer one of our new class of 2023 members you do learn to really appreciate the opportunities that you are given um (laughs) even if it is dancing in the blazing hot sun or in the rain today our guest is dr crawford she is one of our clinical professors at the uf and she is a shelter medicine veterinarian as well as the director of Maddie's shelter medicine program. They get so proficient in um, the high quality spay neuter techniques that it just takes them minutes to do each animal. Wow. We have Dr. Martha Malicote. She is one of our clinical assistant professors at UF She is also the Veterinary Practice Management Certificate Director. If you are someone who's more introverted, you're a little bit more shy, you just need to be prepared for the fact that, hey, networking is going to be a little tough, but then I can refill my tank by spending a little time by myself after this networking opportunity is complete. Today my guest is Dr. Larkin. She is going to help us understand the Aquatic Animal Health Certificate that we have at UF, which is part of our certificate series. Oh yeah, it all ends up in the ocean. right? Whether it's big or small, um, there's a lot of issues with that because it just doesn't degrade. So picking something that that can be sustainably used and, you know, degrade to the point where it's not harmful to the next smallest organism. And today we have Dr. Ray, who is a full professor and service chief for the Food Animal Reproduction Medicine Service. Clients, we have very few clients, but lots of animals that we work with. So the numbers of animals... uh, so. We'll frequently be at a farm doing different things with different groups of animals, but we're still working with that same client. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we have a good relationship with the client, that we have regular communication with them, uh, that they feel comfortable with what we're doing, and that we feel some, some sense of comfort at going to their farm and, and working freely with the animals that they have there. With me is Ms. Caitlin Geralds, Assistant Director for Career Services at our college. There are so many cool jobs. And I think what's most exciting about my role is that I can get excited for each student that gets their dream job. And today our guest is Dr. Graham. He is the Dermatology Service Chief and Clinical Associate Professor of Dermatology at UF. So I have allergy tested literally everything from bats to giraffes. I've cleaned out the ears of everything from guinea pigs to elephants. So the diversity of what yes. you get to do. I guess it, it, I started off, I wanted to be a mixed animal practitioner in the Southeast. And I, you are. I guess <laughs> I, am. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, Thank you, Alex. Of course. And <laughs> hey, we have two clinical assistant professors of clinical pathology, Dr. Mary Lessinger and Dr. Sarah Beatty. One of my favorite cells actually is the horse eosinophil. And so when I'm looking at horse blood, the eosinophils are one of the white blood cells that have very large red granules. And they, you basically can see them from space. They're absolutely beautiful, beautiful cells. My favorite cell is a cell called the Mott cell. And so it's, and Dr. Beatty shaking her head to say, (laughs) yes, this is a, this is also a beautiful cell. So she agrees that second to the horse eosinophil, I think. Dr. Lindsay Hockman who is a clinical lecturer of integrative medicine at the UF Small Animal Hospital. Like a pug with um, goggles on, because they're getting... What's going on with the goggles? What is that? Goggles. It's actually really cute. They're called doggles. Doggles. I guess you can't call them that if it's on a cat, but... Coggles. That's not the same. No, it's Mm. not as cute. Mm -mm. And today our guest is Dr. Fox Alvarez, one of our veterinary medical oncology residents. the, The most important thing about this job is actually taking care of yourself. Only you can know yourself. And so knowing yourself and learning about yourself and what works for you in terms of what makes you feel good and what helps you relieve stress and and all of those things is really important. And today we have Dr. Plummer, who is an associate professor of comparative ophthalmology. I asked what comparative ophthalmology means, and you said that it was all the species. All the species. Because every species has eyes. Every most. Oh, what animals don't have eyes? Well, there are a few. There are a few animals that have kind of rudimentary eyes. Can we have an example? Um, moles. Um, well, if they, if their eyes were causing them pain, if they had a source of of pain, sure. Then sure. Then I would, I would be the mole doctor. And today our guest is Dr. Alexander, who is a clinical assistant professor of zoological medicine at the University of Florida. I love what I do, and I am very grateful that I made it where I have and then I'm able to be in this wonderful field and what I always tell students that are asking me when they're applying for vet school is yes it's extremely competitive it's a long haul it's um, there's not a large salary when you're done you spend five years at minimum in specialty training making an intern salary to make less than a general practitioner as a boarded veterinarian often so you're in it because you love it. But what I always say is, if this is what you absolutely, absolutely want to do, you'll find your way. If- and today we have Dr. Gatson, who is a clinical assistant professor in anesthesia and pain management. You know, you have to be able to handle acutely stressful situations because in anesthesia, these animals are already kind of pushed to the brink of um, I call it just they're just close to death, but not quite there. Today we have Dr. Stone, who's a clinical assistant professor in small animal clinical science, as well as the service sheep of primary care and dentistry. Animals have the right to a non-painful, so a comfortable and functional mouth, so that they they have the right to that. They do not have the right to a pretty mouth. Mm-hmm. So, we all get braces and things like that, not often because it's that we can't function. It's because we want to look good, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I which, have braces for sure. <laughs> which is fair. Um, but dogs and cats don't actually need the teeth they have. Today, my guest is Miss Brandi Phillips, the Animal Technical Rescue Branch Director for the UF Vet Emergency Treatment Service for UFCBM. It's really important to be able to stay calm under pressure, um, remembering that somebody else's emergency is not your emergency you need to stay calm, you need to stay focused, you need to be able to know this is your job, this is what you need to do. Even though it's somebody else's worst day, you're there to help. Right. Right? Yeah. So you've got to stay calm, you've got to stay level-headed, um, you've got to keep your head in the game. You have to know how to take care of yourself
1: Okay. because
0: it's so important. And what we stress particularly in animal technical rescue, um, but it also applies to the disaster response side, human safety comes 1st Mm-hmm. We all are so committed to animal welfare, and that is really a core piece of what we do, but we can't promote or support animal welfare if we aren't taking care of our people first. Right. Today, I have a very special guest, Ms. Lynette Chaparro, who is here to talk to us about admissions. Don't give up. Remember, if this is your dream, you just have to be a little bit patient. Um, reapply again. Sometimes taking a whole year off—it's—it's it's a good—it's a good thing. Today, our guest is Miss Lana from our office. She is the financial aid coordinator for the College of Veterinary Medicine. The best way to manage your debt, even after graduation or while in school, is um, the first thing is when you can send voluntary payments and today we have one of my I can't say favorite because I'm not supposed to have favorites but one of my favorite veterinary students she is a second year just finishing up her second year first semester uh, and her name is Lindsay. One of my role models is Buddy the Elf and he always says, I just like smiling. Smiling's my favorite. Today we have Dr. Julie Wurz, who is a clinical assistant professor in the Small Animal Hospital. Using that communication training to gauge where my owner's at, make sure that they're hearing what I'm saying not just listening. Oh, um, whoa. Can we need <laughs> to say that again. Say it again. So just making sure that they're that the owner's actually getting and, and hearing mm. and, and internalizing what I'm telling them and what I'm asking them to do or telling them is going on with their animal and not just listening and glossing over because they're trying to figure out what's for dinner that night. And today my guest is Miss Amy Imler. She is a lecturer over at the Department of Animal Sciences. Um, Sometimes work cannot be fun, but sometimes it's about who you work with. Mm. And so I encourage students to develop a really strong peer group that can support you through some hard classes. Yes. And today my guest is Dr. James Gillen. He is a, uh, <laughs> he's a graduate of the class of 2019. I, I would hide it when people would come by. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want people knowing that I'm studying for the NAVLE because yeah. I didn't pass. Yeah. Get over yourself. <laughs> That's what I had to learn. I was like, I mean, what 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 is, what is the benefit of them, the benefit or the what are the negatives of them knowing that I passed or didn't pass. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Get over yourself and just study. Yeah. Yeah. You're not doing it to impress them. You're doing it for yourself. And today our topic is on what is an offshore student? There's different ways to get a DVM degree. And one of them might be doing your degree outside of the United States and then coming to the United States to do your clinical rotation. And today I have a student who did that at Ross University and then did their clinical year at the University of Florida. Isn't that right, Blake? That's right, Alex. It was the fastest year of my life. So I like to also say that I came in in the best and the worst of time. Danielle is a certified veterinary technician, and she's the veterinary tech manager at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicines. Let the techs do the teching, and the doctors do the doctoring. And today my guest is Dr. Juan Samper. He is not only our associate dean for academic and student affairs, but he is a diplomat of the American College of Theriogenologists, and he's a clinical professor of theriogenology. Yeah, so so a theriogenologist really, if you wanted to put it in in terms of human medicine would be an OBGYN for females and uh, also it would be you know a urologist if you will for for males. Three admissions committee members live at the College of Vet Med right now. So, and it's yes. a great profession. I do it yeah. all over again. Yeah me yeah. do Without a doubt. Absolutely. good My guest is Dr. Cynthia Kathir, a graduate from the class of 2018. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not supposed to have favorite classes, but the class of 2018 <laughs> is definitely a favorite. I was doing surgeries. Um, I did multiple externships. And by the time I graduated, I kept track as a student, and this was something that I bragged about in my resumes, and it was a really good selling point, so you should do this as a vet student too. Um, But I had done 662 spays and neuters, and then I had done quite a few other elective procedures like enucleations, a cystotomy, several tail amputations, you know, just a variety of other soft tissue things. Today, my guest is Dr. Richard Hill. He is an associate professor at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine, and he is board certified in both internal med and nutrition. And it all sort of tied in together because the G- intestine is very much involved in um, transferring food yes, into the body. Yes. And nutrition also involves what happens inside the body and the metabolism of that food mm-hmm. once it gets inside the body. So they're, they're very much related. Today we have a veterinary student on board with us, first year Stephanie Duno. Hello. One thing I did for my manifestation board for vet school, um, I cut out a little like vet with a dog, and I cut out the face and put mine. And <laughs> I had it in my room. I And yeah. you saw it every day, and, and it, it happened. And it, happened. And it yeah. happened. Today our guest has three special titles. She is a clinical assistant professor, a small animal hospital medical director, and the UFCBM neurology service chief, Dr. Sheila Carrera-Justice. The dachshund usually represents over 50% of dogs in any study when you're looking at disc problems. Yes. But the other things, to, the other dogs that go into that category frankly anybody who has short stumpy legs or a smooshy face. And today my guest is Dr. Porter who is a clinical assistant professor of diagnostic imaging at UF. Radiology and diagnostic imaging it's anatomy. It's essentially anatomy in a different way. Yeah. I loved anatomy and I think a lot of people who are radiologists feel that way. And my guest is Dr. Stern who is an associate professor for forensic pathology at UF College of Veterinary Medicine. I had a theory when I was looking at my patient, uh-huh. and I, I said something to law enforcement, and they were like, that's interesting. Can you tell us what your theory was? My theory was I was looking at a really big dog. Okay. And the dog had a lot of injuries to it that were supportive of this person being really close to the dog. And I said, think about that person being bit by the dog um and and the suspect was and so that was really helpful. Yeah. Today my guest is Dr. McCarroll, who is an assistant professor of large animal surgery. So being a surgeon, you do have to be a very confident yes. person. And there's a healthy level of confidence and an unhealthy mm-hmm. level, right? So to be a surgeon, you need to be confident as one as one of the surgeons said to me when we were talking about this one day when we were looking at candidates. He said, you know, when you're in surgery and something goes wrong or you find something unexpected, you need to believe in that moment that you can fix it. Yikes. Today my guest is a first-year veterinary student, Miss Kim McFarlane. That kind of got me re-interested in uh, becoming a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I got into the military, I actively sought out... Um, Uh, experiences with army veterinarians. The army is the only branch of the military that has veterinarians. um, And then those veterinarians can be sent out to any other branch. So army veterinarians can be working with the Navy, with their Marine mammal, um, cool, their Marine mammal uh, unit. Uh, they can be sent out to any other unit as well to, with all the, the animals that are deployed um, or for food safety, whatever is necessary. And today my guest is Dr. Jamie Stahl, DVM. But listen up, something new and fun on the podcast. She is a registered mental health counselor. So wherever you are, just take a few moments to feel your the weight of your body on your seat. And then taking a few moments to imagine yourself at five years old, seeing if that he or she, that little one has anything to offer you, anything that he or she wants to tell you. Today, my guest is me. I am sheltering in place at my home and I'm happy to do a special edition podcast episode all about the effects of the coronavirus pandemic and how it will affect your application to veterinary school. Today, our guest is Dr. Kyle Donnelly, staff veterinarian at Brevard Zoo. What comes to mind when I say coolest animal you've ever worked with? Penguin. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Why, why were they the coolest? Well, they're kind of just like the holy grail of wild animals. Yeah. They're, they're so absurd on face value. And they're also have all this mystique about them because they're the most highly trafficked animal in the world. And they're under heavy threat from traditional medicine uses and all kinds of illegal hunting practices. So um, yeah, and they're just like a crazy awesome animal. Today's guest is Dr. Heather Walden, who's an assistant professor in parasitology at the USCVM. Looking through feces, blood, urine, vomitus for signs of parasitism, whether it's an egg coming out of a parasite, a larva, um, a cyst, or something like that. Today I have four student guests to talk about diversity, inclusion, and leadership. The first time I ever met a Latinx veterinarian, I was in my late 20s, so I think it's so important to have that representation and to Um, show the community that there's people like them um, in powers or in in leadership positions. I also come from a working class family. Um, My parents run a small business so a lot of times in different situations I notice that I can recognize how financial circumstances come into play Um, and so coming from a working class and having that that view um, has definitely been um, helpful I would say. My Dad and I got into a huge argument about this essay. I actually had done a lot of work um, in undergrad with our like LGBTQ club and things like that. And um, so I had some like, leadership experience. I had done some diversity work. I wanted to share that in my essay, but my dad kind of being from a more old school perspective didn't want me to share that information because he thought that it would influence my application be confident in who you are realize what makes you who you are and how it makes you stronger and just an awesome person and kind of go off of that you know just nothing's off limits as long as you're okay with it not being off limits today my guest is dr carl southern he is a resident in emergency and critical care at the university of florida college of vet med i like i love being in the icu but when i'm on er I like to keep things moving. I don't like doing long workups and diagnostics and drawing things. I like to keep, keep the pace moving, treat right. what they're there for, Yes. And get them out. I'd like to welcome to our podcast Dr. Andrea Gentry-Apple, who is the Coordinator for Veterinary Education and a Clinical Associate Veterinarian at North Carolina A&T University. I enjoyed the challenge. Um, I'm also my head is about as hard as concrete. So being told that I can't do something tells me that I can do something. I hear I, I hear the opposite in my head. So having the challenge of an animal that is larger than me, really just, you know, challenged me to want to learn how to be able to safely manipulate these animals for their overall health and my overall well-being. Today, my guest is Dr. Kelly Harrison. She is a clinical assistant professor of shelter med and surgery, and she works in b If they haven't stepped foot in a shelter before, they don't know a lot about shelter medicine. The one thing that can kind of hit you right when you walk in the door is the sheer number of animals that are in shelters, right? So we have, as a country, significant issue with overpopulation. So there's too many animals and not enough homes. My guest is a dear friend, Morgan Packworth. This experience only happens once. Um, you know, the, it's gonna go by so fast. So building in time to really celebrate those successes and make memories. Um, school is obviously a huge component of this, but this is really the start of your career. And a career isn't just about the knowledge you have, but the people you know and the experiences you've had. So try and make the most of that time, even though this is a year time to do it. Today, our guest is Dr. Chris Aiden, who is the chair of the Department for the Small Animal Clinical Sciences at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. And he asked me what I thought about leadership training. And I told him my naive answer, which is that I think that some people have leadership qualities and others uh, struggle with that. And that, that I hope that I you know, had some of those qualities and I didn't get that job. Um, and I look back at that as a really big learning experience. Today, my guest is Dr. Mike Walsh. He is a Clinical Associate Professor of Aquatic Animal Health at the UF Comparative Diagnostic and Population Medicine Department. So my goal after I got to SeaWorld was I'm going to – save the next bunch of baby manatees. Only one baby manatee had been saved in the years before I got there. And I'm going to do the first anesthetic procedure since none had been done in 20 years. Today we have a very special student panel for you. Um, All of our students are coming from different animal backgrounds. You just have such the power to make an impact on not only animals, but people. And like, that's a big deal for me because you're inspiring people. Through animals while also helping animals? The specialties in small animal medicine are just getting more and more complex. We have oncology, um, we have orthopedic surgery, and more and more of these specialties are getting more advanced, so you can practice uh, really complex medicine. Food animals, it's pretty self-explanatory. People need, need to eat. Horses are great. You know, they, you can do so much with these animals and they just have the most like interesting personalities. Today's podcast is a very exciting episode. It's our first call in show ever. And tonight, my guests are the University of Florida Pre Veterinary Medicine Club. Tonight, we have 156 members listening in. We're going to be calling out some names to get their questions answered. Today, my guest is student Jeremiah Owens. He's here to talk to us about being a non-traditional student. Law enforcement and vet med, when you really boil them down to their most like simplistic things that you could boil them down to, really have to deal with normalcy. And so when we're in vet school, we're learning about the normal animal, and then we're learning about what's abnormal about that animal, and then how do we bring it back to normal. One of my jobs as a cop, when I got on the scene and something was happening, something had deviated from normal, I had to figure out what that was and bring it back to normal. Today, my guest is UFCVM alumni, Dr. Stephanie Jones, co-owner and medical director of the Animal Hospital of Fort Lauderdale and CEO and founder of Pets Help the Heart Heal. Don't sweat the small stuff. I, I feel that what I'm seeing is a lot of... Students that come out, they want to take on the world and put the weight on the sh- of, the sh- of the world on their shoulders. And, you know, everyone says you just have to bite off one piece of the elephant at a time. And, and then at the end of the day, just breathe. Just breathe um, because there's always tomorrow. My guest is Dr. Chelsea Rivera, the Fort Sam Houston Veterinary Treatment Facility Officer in charge. Just take care of the people around you. Um, some of the biggest things in uh, the military is like as, as a leader like you you should be like your top priority is taking care of the soldiers around you. Today my guest is Dr. Monsell. She is a clinical assistant professor at the University of Florida Large Animal Clinical Sciences. Nenet cow stays in a special isolated hospital environment and she lives there for the time that she's being treated. And she lives there for a period after the treatment's finished, which is called the withdrawal period for the antibiotics. Um, and then her milk gets tested at the end of that to make sure that there's no antibiotic residues left in her milk. And if she's clear of antibiotic residues, then she can go back to the main dairy. Today, my guest is Dr. Liz Steele, and she's gonna to talk to us all about equine medicine. I tell you, it's definitely, um... Like I said, a really neat tool to have in your in your tool bag, and it's becoming more popular and more demanded by clients as well, chiropractics and acupuncture. Well, today we have a very special pre-vet podcast episode. We have a bunch of folks from different vet schools here to talk to you about admissions. Go Rams! Go Cyclones! Go Tigers! M I Z! Go Badgers! War Eagle. Go Wildcats. Go Western U. Go Pack. Go Big Red Bear. Go Bulldogs. Go Jumbos. And I'm Alex Avellino. Go Gators, and we'll talk to you soon.